Welcome everyone to another episode of The Shadows Podcast. I'm your host, Trip Odenheimer, and before we get started with this episode, I need to make a special announcement. The American Gladiators was a popular American television competition series that originally aired from 1989 to 1996. It was later revived for a short time in 2008. The show was a sports competition with a unique twist incorporating elements of athleticism, physical challenges, and entertainment. The American Gladiators became a cultural phenomenon during its original run, drawing large fan bases and becoming a significant part of 1990s pop culture. The show's success led to an international version and adaptations in several other countries. The Gladiators were a group of professional athletes, bodybuilders, and stunt performers who were given larger-than-life personas and nicknames. Now... Shadows Podcast digs deep into the souls of the people behind those television characters with a special series, The Gladiator Gauntlet Shadow Showdown. Join us starting Monday, August 21st, as Jim Starr, also known as Laser, shares his story. We will also feature Electra, Malibu, Ice, and the American Gladiator's brand champion, Wesley Two Scoopsberry. In the meantime, be sure to check out the latest documentary on Netflix, Muscle Mayhem, and on ESPN, their 30 for 30. Now, get ready for another episode of The Shadows Podcast. Hey, this is Lorianne Mirabito. I am the Speak and Stand Out Girl, and you are listening to The Shadows Podcast. All right, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of The Shadows Podcast. I am your host, Trip Bodenheimer, and here today with me, I have, oh my gosh, I didn't even... I forgot. I usually ask people how to properly pronounce their names. So this is going to be live. Kelsey, is it Lensman? Oh, you screwed it up. No, I'm just kidding. That's oh, right. oh was, you said it with such a straight face too. I was like, <laughs> oh, um, all right. So whew, I got that out of the way. But she is, uh, and I, I'm ad living here, an entrepreneur, sports medicine specialist, sought after speaker and self-proclaimed normal girl on a big mission. Is that? It's very true. Yep. Okay. So that was good. All right. Uh, I am really excited for this interview. We were talking before and it's like, all right, I got to hit record. It's a really good conversation. Know some common people as well. Aaron Conrad, not a bad guy. Good human. Good. Actually, I was on his podcast a few weeks ago. This is the first time I ever shared what we're going to talk about today on his podcast. So it comes full circle now that he introduced us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really, 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 really good person. Uh, and then Dr. Onadi as well. It was awesome. Y'all are fellow alumni, right? Yeah, he was my first ever teacher at undergrad at Ohio State. Like I, I shared the story with you beforehand, but yeah, he's yeah. he's been a big part of my journey, helping me course correct when I needed course corrected and create everything. So he's a great person, great person. One of the smartest people I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's very few people that I'm like, and I'm by no means smart. I grew up in Robinson County, North Carolina, but there are very few people that I get around. I'm like super intimidated just by their knowledge, but he puts yeah. you at ease really quick. He does. But he does. Yeah. yeah. A lot of accolades. Well, uh, where are you located right now? I'm in Columbus, Ohio right now. It's actually okay. beautiful out. So I'm a happy girl that I'm in Ohio. 90% of the time I'm not though. So okay, yeah, I, I see that with your schedule. So yeah, you're in Columbus, Ohio, the Ohio state university, which we'll get into that in just a little bit, but I want to start off with a couple of rapid fire questions for you here. Let's go. Game first time. one, guilty pleasure of yours. Ooh, first thing because my brain is ice cream, but I'm oh, not sorry. really much of an ice cream girl. Honestly, uh, do you guys have giant eagles where you're from? No. What is that? Oh, it's a grocery store here. So this is a funny little story. They have a certain cake at giant eagle. It is my favorite food I've ever eaten in my life. And yeah. oh, my mom all the time, I'm like, mom, when I get married, I'm having a big giant eagle cake at my wedding. And she's like, Kels, are you serious? <laughs> so I would say guilty pleasure. It Ice cream was the first thing that popped in my brain, but we got to go giant eagle cake for sure. My favorite. I'm looking up this giant eagle, right? Okay. I see it. 
just a grocery store like it's like any other one but it's good i'm telling you that's like Publix. y'all have Publix in ohio we don't but that sounds south though so you guys have it down south we don't have yeah. it in ohio. see i would think down south would be like piggly wiggly and winn dixies yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um okay and this is going to be an interesting one because we had this conversation a little bit before we hit record book recommendation Ooh. Honestly, the one that I just read, we talked about it before, The Four Agreements. Yep. Love that book. Love it, love it. Really hit me in the heart when I needed it. Um, so highly recommend that one. I like this. A fellow book nerd. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm, I'm excited to ask you this one. Y'all can't see it uh, if you're listening to the audio. She's in pretty good shape. She's. Uh, we're going to get into her story in just a little bit. Least favorite body part to work on oh least favorite can cardio counts too count? i was like can running as a whole count yeah <laughs> I mean, by far <laughs> i would rather watch paint dry than run but i'm trying to switch my mentality on it so by far running is my least favorite out of all the things i don't think i've ever connected with a guest better than i've connected <laughs> i was like okay we get each point. other yes oh my gosh funny story about that so next week I am flying out to Georgia and I'm doing a, it's not a competition, it's more of an event, but it's yeah. called the Hilliest Half Marathon. And all you do is go up and down this massive hill for 13.1 miles. So I will think of you when I am mid half marathon wanting to curl in a ball. <laughs> down the hill. I would just absolutely love to be there running that. I, I don't know what it is. I get so bored with cardio. Like I don't, I just, I, I have no attention span for it. I just find no joy in it. I think that the people who go out and run that you see them on like social media with the, they're all sweaty and they show like their track that they ran on their. Yes, old yeah. I, no, no, I can't I do it. You. I get, that's the same thing. It's just very monotonous. I actually rode at Ohio state my freshman year yeah. and we were just on the erg for hours on end. And I would count the ceiling tiles. I would count the cars that go by. Yeah. Which is just the monotony of it. But I have, like I said, I have to switch my mentality because I'm doing a lot of running going forward. So I have to learn like, okay, if you say you hate it, you're going to hate it forever. Like learn to how to switch the story in your brain or else you're just going to be miserable for the next like 10 months. So I will report back in about 10 months to see how it is. Well, you're probably, you're way more disciplined with a lot of things probably than I am, but I'm so disciplined with everything else working out. Like if I'm like, you know what, I would really want to hit shoulders a lot better and just really, or I, my back, I really want to work on my back. I'll get it to where I'm like, Oh, perfect. But if I'm like running, Nope, I'm going to find 10 other. No, I had to do legs today. I don't want to run. I got to get better at it. All right. Uh, next question for you. What is a trigger that you have? Oh, we're going to pull back our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) We have to pull back shopping carts. I, like I said, I just posted it on my story. I go to Giant Eagle, the grocery store. We go to Walmart. Walmart is the worst grocery shopping cart place ever. So that, it just, it irks me a little bit. I'm I'm big about just making it better than how you found it. And so if you have the audacity to take it to your car, you better take it back or just put it in the little corral place. Like nobody's responsible for it other than you. So that's, that's one of my biggest irks. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I was telling you before that I have people who will send me text of shopping carts out and about. And I'm like, ah, yes, the shopping cart converse. But people oh. really get fired They're up. They're very it. passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. like it, It's four feet away. Put it over there. All right. Now, last question for you. Dinner for three. Three historical figures who are no longer with us. Who oh. do you break bread with? Oh, this reminds me of the Aaron Conrad conversation you and I had earlier. <laughs> Bless I his heart. Say, he had the best answer. He did. I can't top his answer. You guys got to go <laughs> to this episode. Um, I would say, honestly, my grandma and grandpa that I've never, I don't remember meeting. Yeah. I remember really young, but um, I haven't, obviously they've been gone probably 20 plus years. So I would say my grandma and grandpa, just to learn more about their history, learn more about like how my mom grew up to be, how she is and vice yeah. versa. So I would say probably them. Okay. And you get one more. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I have to see hands on that one. I okay. just want all, give me all the tools, Jesus. Give me all yeah. the drugs. 
So it would be my grandparents and then Jesus for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm going to have to like throw a free shirt or something at a listener who can go back and find a dinner for three where Jesus was not invited. <laughs> yeah. Is there a very common? No, he's number one draft pick every time. Really? He should be. So every I... single time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that would be my first pick too. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. I love that. Okay, well, you survived the rapid fire questions. So, oh, the hard part is over with. Now the easy part. We're just gonna be talking about you. Uh, what was your upbringing like? Like, what did? Where did you grow up? And then, what did young Kelsey want to do when she grows up? Oh my gosh, I wanted to be in the NBA, not WNBA. I wanted to be in yeah. the NBA. Okay, so you can be a groundbreaker. I was. So when I was younger, um, I grew up in suburbs, Northeast Ohio. So when I was younger, we, I just remember playing sports all the time. I was basketball girl. That was my main sport. Like I said, when I was younger, I used to have all of the cards, the basketball cards, and I collected them. Oh, yeah, like the hoops and the tops and all those. Oh, yeah. I I had it all organized. Carl Malone was like, I don't know why Carl Malone was my number one, but he had like the main section in my little basketball card section so that was that was a big part of my life all up through elementary middle school and then high school it was big athletics so I was basketball volleyball um honestly I I just remember looking back on my childhood was practice or games or eating like those are the three things that I remember but honestly too when I think about that time frame I was it's kind of interesting as my story evolved but I was not very confident. Um, I questioned myself a lot. Like I went a lot with the crowd, which is pretty different than how I operate today. So the Kelsey back then would be amazed like at who she is today. So it's, it's very interesting to see kind of how you evolve and grow into different pieces of you. Yeah. And I think too, part of what you're saying, and I think it's interesting, especially to get into the psychology standpoint, but how Even myself, looking back at high school, I remember the people that were all into athletics and they were lettering and all this. And on the surface, you're like, oh, they got everything going for them. I'm envious. I want to be like this person. But like you said, lacking that self-confidence. What exactly was it that you felt like you were lacking? Oh, man. Well, this is interesting trip. So my senior year, we did pretty well in basketball. We went to States. Like That was my sport. And I remember getting, let, not amazing schools, but like letters from a lot of schools to say like, hey, come play basketball here. Every single letter that I got, I didn't even open. I just threw in the trash can. What? And every single letter, every one. And I think my dad was like, what are you doing? But when I reflect back, back then I was like, oh, I just want to go to college. I don't want to have to go to practice anymore. Like, I just want to have fun. Like, that was my mentality back then, which is very interesting to me. Well, you were holding out for the NBA, too. Oh, I was. I, I needed yeah, the you didn't have time. For I didn't even go to college. Cat Summit. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't need that. We we need the Cavs. Yeah. Um, but I I think back to that, and it was my lack of confidence. I was so every single game, I would get so tied up, like yeah. butterflies, not even butterflies. Like I would almost get sick to my stomach because I think for me, confidence was like if I had an amazing game or if I had a terrible game, like it was just boom down to the dumps. And I think I was just tired going through that roller coaster and not necessarily putting so much heat on myself, but my whole sense of worth was how I did in a game. And I think I was just like, just tired of that. So that's what led to me just throwing every single letter away. And it's just so interesting now how, how I viewed myself back then and how I viewed how other people viewed me. I took it so much into account of like, Oh my gosh, what does everybody else think about me? Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that weighed heavily on me, heavily on me back then. Why do you think as teenagers, especially we're so concerned with how other people perceive us? That's a great question. Especially young girls. It, It is. And I mean, I didn't have barely any social media back then. We had Instagram just came out and you would post picture your dog. But like now it's vastly different, you know, and I think this is interesting. I don't know the research on this or anything, but like if you think how we're hardwired, like we're wired for survival, right? Mm -hmm. And survival back then is what group are you a part of? And if you're an outcast, that means like you might literally not survive. Obviously it's 21st century. Like we have resources available. We have food available, 
But I think innately, like we are wired for to be a part of a group or want to be a part of a group. So I think at least in my perspective, it's so hard to be the one to step out of that or feel like you're stepping out of that because it almost feels like this sense of survival in a way, you know? So I know it's a little bit deeper, but I think it's really interesting because that's something that I've had to grow in of being okay with not everybody liking me or like me not being everybody's favorite all the time. Like I can't please everybody, you know, and you're just going to exhaust the crap out of yourself if you try to. So that's an, that's an evolution that I'm not saying I'm there. Like I'm at this Mecca where I'm like, Oh, I'm invincible. But something that I've really had to look inward at because it was just exhausting me at the end of the day. I I couldn't keep up with it. You know, my mom is like, I hate teenagers. I, I hate them as people. Uh, she's like, there's some really good ones. She's like, but it's just so mean to each other. And just yeah. social media, I think, plays a lot. Of, what do you think of some of the dangers are now with social media and teenagers? Oh, Lord. Um, there's there's a lot. And I, I try to not paint a terrible picture of social because it can be great for dif- different things. But especially at that age. I'm in the fitness world. We work with a lot of women. Um, we've I speak with a lot of young girls and the perception that's on there, not even just from a fitness standpoint, but like everybody's life is perfect. And this hits great with your podcast because it's like there's a lot of things in the shadows that people just don't talk about. You know, like when you realize that almost everybody is going through similar types of things, but you don't see that and you don't hear that on social. You think you're just on an island by yourself. And then when you feel like you're all on an island by yourself, it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I the one that I can't feel this way or don't have this picture perfect life? You know, so I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges, especially when you're so young, you don't even have the awareness to understand that really, or you have it, but like emotions are so ruling inside of you. So I would, I would imagine that that's probably the biggest thing. And I mean, I still struggle with it and I'm 27, 28 years old. So it's not even just teenagers. It's, I mean, it's all ages, you know? I knew you were young. And then when you, because when you said Instagram had just come out, I was like, huh, I was on the cutting edge of MySpace. Um, Okay. I did have a MySpace, though. I'll tell you that. I actually got in trouble for it when I was in middle school. MySpace, you could have some good music on your MySpace. You could tell people's music choice and you could rank your friends. And that was really good for people. (laughs) That, that That was the first, I think big mecca of okay where where am i out on the ranks you know where am i at with yeah you go to someone's page and you're like oh janine does not have me in the top five anymore we're not friends anymore yeah what did i you text and you're like what in the world did i do to you are we are we cool um (laughs) what'd your parents do uh, my dad he works a lot. So my dad's a lawyer by trade but he owns a bunch of different businesses. I think that's where Oh man, that's a great question. Defense, no, he's not in court. Um, he does a lot of like financial stuff, financial. Oh, okay. yep. So I, all I knew when I was younger is he just worked all the time. I was yep. like, oh, he's just working a lot. But he made a lot of time for me too, even if he did work a ton, that's which awesome. I didn't think back then. But now like older, especially owning a business, I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, so he did that. And then my mom's an accountant for all of his businesses. So there to keep it in the family there. That's for sure. Yeah. Probably get good quality time too. working together. Um, when did you know Ohio state was where you wanted to go? I look back to that trip. I mean, I, now I'm very adventurous. I'm like, Oh, like, let me go out West. I want to go experience things. Yeah. But like I said, like that back then Kels lived in her box a, a lot. Like she didn't want to go outside of the lane or to like just kind of go the same trajectory. Yeah. So I didn't even entertain anything outside of Ohio. I was like, oh, we'll go to Ohio State or OU. And all of a, a lot of my high school went to OU. So I'm like, okay, I want to go to Ohio State to just be a little bit different. And so senior year, it was just kind of inevitable. Like it was one of those two and I knew Ohio State. And it's funny because you entered the podcast with the Ohio State. And I almost didn't go to Ohio State because they said that when I was at yeah, really? when I was at their um like intro, whatever, whatever they, they emphasize had. it. They did. And this guy he kept saying, like, oh, the Ohio State, the Ohio State. And I'm like, who do you think you are that you yeah. keep having to like, <laughs> over pronunciate Ohio State? 
So I was like this close to being like, all right, no, no, no I'm going to go to a different one. But I, I went through and I'm, I'm really happy that I did. But I, I cannot stand the Ohio State. Okay. Well, so, so um, hope you're enjoying Shadows podcast. Uh, <laughs> so it's funny because when I started the Shadows, I I knew someone, a good friend of mine, was an Ohio State fan. And we were just talking about it. And they were saying like the Ohio State and I was like, ooh, the Shadows Podcast, like joking around. So then when I started recording, I was like, you are listening to the Shadows Podcast. But uh, some other people started doing it too, to where I don't, I try not to do it anymore. Yeah. Because now yeah. they, yeah, now it's not cool anymore. Um, <laughs> well, it's better. People ride or die for Ohio State. And I'm like, it's, it's a college. It's great, but it's not all this craziness that people crack it up to be. Now, did you go to Ohio State Michigan games? Oh, I don't think I've ever been to one actually. All right. So, how long were you at Ohio at the Ohio State? Four years. So and I was there four years. Kelsey. But time out, time out, time out. I think my freshman, what did I do my freshman year? I can't remember. I think they had it at Ohio State, but I didn't I might have been home, but I never really went home that much. But then I think my junior year, I worked for a lot of the teams at Ohio State. So like yeah. my junior year, I traveled with the women's basketball. And I was so mad because we were traveling for a game and it okay. was a weekend as basketball season is starting at the end of yeah yeah. your your story checks out okay (laughs) all right and you were going to school for physical therapy correct yeah i originally was going to go for physical therapy and then when i got there you were too me too oh there you go when i got there this might you might hit with this one and they told me i couldn't actually graduate in four years in physical therapy and i was like oh did not know that. Yeah. So then I had to course correct and I could either go, I think like exercise phys or athletic training, which is more sports medicine. And so I chose athletic training, which is how then I know Dr. Onadi. Were you going to be like a physical therapy aide or a physical therapy assistant if you didn't finish within four years? Um, no, if I would have finished in four years, I would have been an athletic trainer. So like I could work okay. for teams, but you have to work under a physical therapist. Yep. And um, I was always, though, planning going to physical therapy. So, like, I had that whole path marked out for me for, honestly, like, eight years. And then two months before I graduated, I completely 180'd it. So, it was it was wild. Yeah, I, I went to school and was told I was going to be a physical therapy aide, a PTA. Okay. And you're not going to be the physical therapist. You work under them. And they give you the workouts and they give you all the stuff and you just follow it. And I was like, no, I want to have my own place. I want to, I want to, I want to be the physical therapist. And uh, I started working at a clinic in Lexington. Uh, well, it was right outside of Columbia. So it was Lexington hospital, I think in South Carolina. And my job as the brand new PTA was a uh, gentleman just defecated on himself, get him cleaned up. Yeah, it was it was tasks like that. And I was like, this is not, you know, when I go to Leo's and have dinner and I'm telling people I'm a PTA, this is not what they think I do. So I, I just it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. 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 It wasn't in the cards for me. Yeah. But, so after that, like where you mentioned things changed, that that 180 there. What was it that you think made you uh change course and pivot and say, all right, maybe this isn't what I need to be doing. Yeah. It, it was very out of my character. Remember I, I was my live in a box girl. Yeah. I was don't, don't step out of the comfort zone girl. So it was very out of my character at that time to take a step, but rewind about a year and a half prior to that. So this would have been my senior year at Ohio state year and a half prior. I remember waking up one day and I walked in my bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I was like, Ooh, like who is staring back at you? Like, I didn't even recognize like who I was because for the whole like two years previous, I was going to clinicals, like giving, giving, giving. I wasn't an athlete anymore. I didn't feel like myself anymore. And it was very much a, oh, Kels, like you, you've lost yourself. Like that was, that was a hard moment for me. And so after that, I'm like, well, where do I start? Like, what, where do I even start kind of putting the pieces back together? Cause I know where I'm not, especially not where I want to be, but like, what does that really mean? You know? And so I, I remember back the one thing after high school basketball that I really started gravitating towards was getting in the gym. And it was like, okay, if I can just get that like 
feeling like an athlete again, or just feeling like physically exerting myself again, maybe that'll lead me to the right direction. And so I went to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had, I was that girl, like a lot of girls go through this scared shitless for lack of a better way to say it than going in the weight room. I was like, Oh, I don't know about that because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not strong anymore. Like I'm not strong the way that I thought I was. And I just started going to the gym like day in and day out. Didn't know what I was doing, but like finally started putting pieces together. And then it would have been probably that summer going into my senior year or like that springtime of junior year. I had somebody tap me on the shoulder and they're like, Hey, like, I always see you in here. Have you ever thought about bodybuilding? And I'm like, what? Like bodybuilding, meaning you go up on a stage and you look like basically a Cheeto and then you wear nothing and you get judged you on that. Like, little... no. yeah, I'm like, I haven't <laughs> even thought like, that's not me. Like, yeah. no, I have not thought about that. And I was just taken aback that they asked me that question. But then it got me thinking a little bit after that of like, okay, this isn't you, Kels. Like, that's not you to flaunt like that. But what if you could do it? Like, yeah. not only did I not think that that was me on that I could do that, but like, I didn't even think my physical body could look like something that could get on a stage for something like that. Mm-hmm. And so over a few months, it was just this kind of thought of like, what if, you know, what if you could do it? What if you actually could work towards something like that? And so, it, like I said, it would have been early my junior year or early that spring, I hired a coach and I didn't tell anybody for four months, like nobody for four months, because one, I was so afraid of what are other people going to think about me? And then secondly, like, can I even get there? Like, yeah. how am I going to get there? And so over that summertime, I just, I put in work like day in and day out, nutrition training, um, definitely was something that cultivated a lot of discipline inside of me that I didn't even know could exist. And throughout that experience, it was less physical for me. It was more mental of, oh, wait, like you're turning into somebody that you never thought that you could be. Like you're saying no to things that before you would want to people please and say yes. Like you're you're going to competitions and doing this thing that the Kelsey two a year ago would have never thought that she could do. And I think through that whole process trip, like it really got me thinking internally of like, if I can do it, anybody can not only just like a physical body, but like become somebody that like, no, you never thought that you could become. And also through that time frame, like I said, I was sports medicine. And so I was really passionate about injury prevention. And it was really bothering me how when I would be in clinicals, I would see people after they're injured. Like I would see people after the low back sprain or low back pain. And I'm like, can we prevent this? Like, you move kind of terribly in a gym, which is why you're having low back pain, but nobody's talking to you beforehand mm-hmm. or helping you after, but like you're not really getting any preventative type help or, Hey, let's fix your form here. Um, and so I think those two things combined of like, it's not just preventative, but it's also like, you're a whole human, you know, it's not just how you train. It's how you eat. It's how your mind works. It's like who you're surrounded with. And I remember just hearing this phrase over and over again, my senior year. And it was like, be the change that you want to see, right? If you, if you want to see the whole medical world and fitness world come together and, and be preventative for people, and especially in the fitness world, not just talk about training, but like talk about you as a human and how you can grow, like we need to bring that together. And so I was, like I said, scared out of my brains. I remember meeting with my parents at um like this just little local restaurant And like I said, eight years, I was going to go physical therapy. Like that was my path through the whole time. And I remember sitting down with them and I was shaken. Like I literally was just sweating. And I'm like, mom and dad, I'm like, I don't think I want to go to physical therapy grad school anymore. And like, this is like three months before I graduated. Like this is the course of it. And I was so nervous at their response. And I was like, I'm so blessed now to like even think back to that. Dad's an entrepreneur. So I think he kind of could get it in a way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I, I have no clue, like what business I'm going to start, like how to even start a business. But I just had a gut feeling of like, Kels, you got to go after it, girl. Like, you don't want to look back when you're 95 years old in your rocking chair and think you played it safe. So you never know what could have been, you know? And and so I just, I had that gut feeling. And then I just created the business that was initially started out as to combine fitness and sports medicine. And then it's just evolved over time. So that was a long story, but that's kind of how the evolution of everything began. Yeah, no, 
lot to unpack from that. Like for one, how do you think your story would have changed had your parents not been so receptive to it? Oh, I was pretty bold in that time of my life. I was pretty yeah. passionate. Um, I was pretty, I had just right people in my life that were even just outside of them that were speaking life into me of like, Kelsey, you can do this. And so I think even if they were like, no, you need to go this route, something in me tells me I still would have persisted through. Like, I think yeah. I would have like still bootstrapped it in a way. Defiant, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, that would have been very out of my character, but I think I became somebody that I didn't think that I could ever become. So I'm like, all right, like you got to pursue potential right here. Um, so I think it would have made it a lot harder, obviously, but I think I would have still pursued it if I reflect back. Nobody's well, asking. Like you got like newfound, like confidence was in those yeah. four months or so of, of doing that. Yeah. It yeah. Was and I, I say that cause like a lot of times like parents, parents can, and I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody how to parent or how I parent or anything right. of that, but parents have a lot of pull and a lot of sway with, you know, our, it's almost like they want to live vicariously through their kids at times. Yeah. And you see it on a lot of those shows, like the, uh, what are they called? Where it's like the moms put their kids in the modeling competition. You know what I'm like? The, what a, I know, I know what you're talking about. I mean, same thing as sports, you know, when they're two years old and it's like, oh, this is going to be the next LeBron James. You worst, know, so like, much like that. You, you want to see some of the worst parenting experiences, go out to a, a little league baseball game and, you know, tell me there's not one fired up parent out there <laughs> at their kid's status on the team. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's just interesting to think like how that, that could have gone, but the fact that they, had that confidence in you. And like you said, your father gets the the whole entrepreneur thing. How were you at the end of that four months, like in terms of where you thought you could be and then what was, okay, now I'm before beyond the spray tan and all that other stuff, like you're yeah. ready to compete. Like what was it that you kind of showed yourself that you were capable of doing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I showed myself that, I mean, not only physically, I obviously had a body that I never thought I could get. Um, but I just really showed myself like, you can do it. Like there's yeah. whatever you thought was impossible is now possible now. And so we, we do all women's strength events as a part of my company. And this ties together, which is why I share it. Um, a lot of women step on for us, it's a platform and they're deadlifting and we've had all ages, 70 to 12 and they're scared. They're shaken. They're nervous. Same way that I was before I stepped on stage. Like you almost black out. Yeah. And as soon as you step up there, we see this so much with our women, like they have X amount of pounds on, they're so nervous, they take a step up and they slowly just, or not slowly, honestly, they quickly pull up the bar and you can just tell in their eyes, all beliefs break. Like they put that bar down, their face is elated. They have like this big smile. And it's like, in that moment, I didn't think that I could do this, but I did it. So what else am I capable of? That I didn't think that I could do, mm -hmm. you know? And I, so I think that's what it really was trip in that time frame. Like I was competing at nationals. I got like, obviously I had good awards, but it wasn't even that. It also taught me a lot about confidence of like, it's not from a body. Like when I was on stage, I was actually not as confident as I thought it was going to be. So it was also like a lot of learning lessons for me of this is an inner game girl. Like, yes, the outer, you need to be physically fit to do things in life that you want to do, but this is an inner game. And I really wanted to share that message with people um, and just like share my story with it. So there was, there was a lot of beliefs that were broken for me and like what I thought my capability was really in that time frame. seems like you were getting like intrinsic results from your extrinsic yeah. awards and and yeah, achievements that you were accomplishing. And speaking of your fitness, my goodness, let's mm -hmm. see here. Mission 48. Before uh, I start to just, I mean, all, all I'm going to say here with Mission 48 is looking at this schedule, September 1st through October 18th. Now, people listening to that, that is not a huge time span there, September 1st to October 18th. Let our listeners know what is Mission 48 and how did you uh, become a part of that? Yeah. So mission 48, what it is, 
and I'll even give backstory a little bit later, is I'm going to do 48 different fitness competitions. So one day we talked about running, could be a marathon, next day could be a powerlifting meet. So like all different types of fitness competitions in 48 states in 48 days, which is that September 1. And I'm October. looking at it. It's not just you ran around the block for a day. No. No. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, and so it's funny, trip because it was originally weeks. So uh, what my original thought process was, and this was actually two years ago, I had this idea. Talk about like trying to shove something down because you're either afraid of it or you don't even know how to start something. Yeah. And two years, I kind of sat with this thought of like, man, like I feel like I'm kind of pulled in this direction, but how do you, what do you do? All these different questions of things that got in the way stopped me from pursuing it. And then I'll kind of fast forward to last September. I remember I was walking my dog outside and I just had like this deep stirring. Like I had a gut feeling to start a business. Like I just kind of had this gut feeling of like, Kels, like you're meant for something more or like just, just pursue something. And so I remember I sat down at nighttime and I wrote a little prayer out and I was like, dear God, like if this is something you want me to pursue, give me the biggest sign, like smack me on the top of the head. Don't make it a little tap, like give me a big sign. And the next morning, I always train every morning and I usually listen to music, but for some reason that day, I put a podcast on. And as soon as I put the podcast, it was about this guy that had a big expedition through Antarctica and he raised money for this charity that he was really passionate about. And like just him talking about like really living life, like creating just different missions for him to like help other people. And it was just so similar to what I wanted to do with Mission 48 and I'm like, all right, God, like, I got you. Like, if, if this is really something that you're giving me this smack in the face sign, I was mid back squat and I heard it and I was like, all right, like, we're going to do it. So that was kind of the beginning of it last September. And like I said, it was going to be weeks, but my original plan with it was obviously to do a competition on a Saturday. And then I have like a really big passion for young girls talk about confidence, talk about body image, like that type of stuff at that age. So hopefully we can get good values in them early. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have to course correct so much later, you know? And so I had this whole thing planned out. It was way better scheduled than 48 days. And I got on a call with somebody about two months ago. So just two months ago. Yep. And they were like, kept talking to me about it. They're like, oh yeah, 48 comps, 48 states, 48 days. And I was like, wait, wait, I just want to let you know, like this is weeks, not days. And they're like, well, have you ever thought about days? And I'm like, well, I've maybe thought about it two years ago, yeah, but never actually thought about it, like how to logistically do it. And he was like, Kels, if you think about it, like people's attention span is really tiny. Like we don't have this long attention span anymore, especially with everything that's going on. So he's like, if you want to really lead the impact that you want to lead, like up the ante there. And so I, I thought about it for a few days. And it was one of those things trip where I was like, oh my gosh, like I could probably fitness wise get through 48 weeks as I am right now. Like I'm not the fittest, but I could muster through 48 weeks, a competition a week, 48 days. Like that is a whole nother level. And it was, it was one of those things where I was like, how in the heck am I going to do this? But like, let's go for it. So that's kind of how the transition was to 48 days and where it originally started at. September 1st, Ann Arbor, Michigan, you have a Murph and then you've got, I mean, just looking at, it's kind of cool. You start off in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I know the irony of it all. Even though you never went to a game, it's really (laughs) crazy that that's, that's kind of how it starts. But yeah, like looking at some of this, like powerlifting, uh, 50k trail run. Yeah. I I mean, and then we're going to come back the next day and go ruck. Uh, (laughs) And then half marathon uh olympic lifting meet oh there's another 50k there's a 50k bike um oh my god just like reading we'll have to put this on the instagram page just so people can actually see this but looking through this and then i'm sitting here worried about my pt test coming up (laughs) and i'm like goodness gracious like it is it's incredible what you're doing and I said, we'll have all the information uh, for Mission 48. 
it, can people follow you? Like, are you going to be updating your Instagram and social media oh, yeah. daily? Yeah. So we'll, we'll do like a lot of YouTube on this. And like yeah. what I want to be trip is not just people watching me do these competitions. Like I don't want it to be just about me. Like what I really would want is this is about other women, especially young girls, like pushing their limits. You yeah. know, this is not just for me to do this comp, but like, can people come with me and do something of like, what's their hard? actually have a um a lovely woman she's going with me the whole 48 days she's a massage therapist and to have one of those for this i know right and (laughs) this is is incredible i i loved her idea she sat me down one day she's like kelsey i have an idea i'm like what tell me about it and she goes hey in every state i'm gonna walk a mile and like that's my hard and i'm like denise i love that because she's not the most physically fit she doesn't work out every day like she has to prep up to even be able to do the 48 days. And I was like, Denise, like, that's what it's about. It's like, what is your hard for some people? It's a mile. It might be walking to your mailbox, you know, yeah. but can you pursue your hard? And once you do that, like you unlock those new limits. So kind of long story short, yes, we'll push it on YouTube, but it, like if they're local, like, please come join me. I need all the support slash humans in my corner that we can get. So I would love just to like create a community around this of like just people taking a step out of their comfort zone and doing something that they honestly never thought they could do. Yeah. I told you, I'm going to have to try to sync up with you. What are you doing? In, let me see. Sacramento. I know I've, I've looked at it before. CrossFit competition. Okay. Oh, there you go. You can get ready for that. Yeah. Well, well I, I didn't say I'm doing it. I just said I'm going <laughs> to hang out with you, but, um, but yeah, it's, well, you just miss, I will just miss Tuscaloosa, which would be a 10 K run. We've already established that I would not do that one. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I'll probably have to try to sync up in either Sacramento or Vegas mountain hike. Vegas is only going to be like three hours from me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I definitely have to keep in contact. Um, And you've kind of alluded to it. You were talking about Mission 48 and it benefiting. uh, You got, is it rocks? Is that how you pronounce it? Ruling our experiences? Yeah. So educate us on that. I think it's really good what you're doing with young girls. I appreciate that. Rocks is incredible. So it's a nonprofit. It's called Ruling Our Experiences. And their HQ is actually in Columbus, Ohio, which I was really interesting just to even see the like yeah. differences there. And so I initially got in contact with them a few years ago and they do like in-school programs for young girls. And I had one of the counselors be like, hey, Kels, can you come in and talk to them? And I'm like, oh, for sure. And little to know, like I find out that they do 20 week programs in schools, like I said, for elementary, middle and high school. And they talk about confidence. They talk about body image, they talk about leadership, communication skills. And when I went in to speak with them, like they were saying things trip that I'm like, I didn't learn until I was mid twenties, like about confidence, about saying no, about yeah. like how to even conduct yourself, or like how to start a conversation in certain ways. And it was just skill sets that I'm like, these girls, like their life's going to be different as a result of it, you know? And I actually talked with one of the teachers. I'm like, okay, is this something that like, it might go in one ear out the other ear for young girls or like, is this actually making change for them? And they're like, like even the janitors know a difference in them. Like they're, they're walking with their shoulders a little bit more proud. Like they're, they're showing themselves like who they actually are. And so what I really want to do is bring awareness to that charity. They really want to get into 50 states around the country, which in my opinion, they should be in literally every school that has a young girl in it. Um, so our goal is to really bring awareness to them and then hopefully sponsor 10,000 girls for their program, because that would, we can do this for something bigger and especially help the younger generations and growing up here. That would be everything to me. Yeah. See here, a hundred dollars provides one scholarship for 20 weeks of rocks that's not bad yeah i mean that's one girl i mean that that's one girl that her life could be changed like if i would have had this Mm -hmm. back then it would have by far i probably would have played college basketball to be honest with you because i've thrown those letters away i wouldn't have (laughs) yeah see the goal here sponsor ten thousand girls for rocks programs all across the u.s i mean it's incredible just to read this like this program i mean it's it's really really good stuff here and also, I want to ask you about uh, Empower Her Fitness. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's, um, man, talk about starting my company. I had no idea that it was going to lead to here today. Yeah. So what we have is Empower Fitness. We do coaching for women all around the country and nutrition and fitness. And I pull a lot into mindset with it. So a lot of women come either have a body goal or something, but then they realize like it's a lot deeper than that. And so, yeah. yes, we'll help you get physical results, but it's also about like developing you as a human, your mindset, like the qualities that get you to keep different results longer term. And then we also have, like I mentioned, empower her fitness events and they were all women's strength events that we have around the country. And it's just, it's cool to see a group of women come together. We actually have ours this weekend and just break beliefs of what they're capable of. And it's like, yeah. it gives me goosebumps because I know that like this weekend women's fire inside are going to be completely different. And like that, that gets me pumped up. Now, is this just a Columbus thing or is people do able to do a virtual or yeah so we do everything our coaching is everything virtual we'll have like some in-person events where people fly into mm-hmm. and then our events we have actually there's going to be one virtual one at the end of this or some september for mission 48 and then we do in-person ones but we have them all around the country so like mm-hmm. this weekend we have some in columbus cincinnati next december we'll have some in south carolina texas so we're slowly getting out there outside of just columbus for us that's really, really cool. And I love what you're doing with women just in general and the fitness piece. What do you think is one of the biggest, uh, I'd say hurdles mm. for women to get started and really stick with working out? That's a great question. I think the biggest hurdle honestly is themselves. Like they, in our brains, we don't think that either we're capable of it or we tell ourselves these stories of, well, I'm just not like her that she works out all the time, or I'm just, I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. And there's all these reasons why I've been doing it for two weeks and not seeing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And it's like, this is, I tell everybody, like you can't quit fitness. Like there's no quitting fitness or health for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you do it 90 plus years, you know? And so I think when we can take a step back and be like, okay, I want it for more than a week or a month or a vacation you actually develop the long-term skills and habits and it's just skill sets. Like Mm -hmm. anybody can develop them, you know? And so I think when we can take a step back and say like, okay, like I'm going to crush my water today and I'm going to eat three sources of protein. And like, if I can develop that over time and then I add the next thing and then the next thing, like that's when true change happens, you know? And and so I think it's getting the stories out of their brain that they're trying to tell themselves and then play out in their life because they want to make it true that they don't even realize. And then two, it's like, you can't quit it. So you might as well start where you can really keep track and then compounding that over time. It's like, it's like your bank account, you know, you keep adding to it. It's just compounds, which is ideally for fitness stuff. Now, what about the flip side? What about the individual that's like, well, I want to work out, but I'm going to get too swole. I don't want to get too big. That was me. Trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember telling my, um, my high school strength coach, he was helping us after or after high school basketball. He had us lifting. And I remember going up to him. His name was Coach V. Yep. And I'm like, Coach V, he told me to pick up like 30 pounds, something like that. I'm like, no, my traps are going to get huge. V, I'm like, I don't want to be a man. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be walking and like hit the door frame. And I thought that for like two years, you know? And so, I mean, I know I felt like that. So many women we talked to that come in, they're like, okay, Kels, like, I know I need to gain muscle, but like, I don't want to be a man, like massive. And I'm like, you're not like, we literally don't have the hormone structures to be able to. And so if I could probably break one belief trip in any young girls, women ever, it's like lift heavy weights and lift them off like often, you know, and you'll not only develop a physique that you want, because that is the byproduct of what you're going to do when you lift heavy, but you're just going to realize like, there's so much more inside of you that you can do. And it's not to become a power lifter, but it's like, that's how you get longevity. That's how you get the physique. That's how you get the confidence. Like you're going to realize that stuff over time. So yeah, I, I've, I've heard that a lot. It's like, well, if I pick this up, I'm, I pick up a dumbbell, my traps are just going to yeah, look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of que- questions, just super uh, random. Cause I'm curious about your thoughts, this being a fitness expert. For sure. What do you think of uh, dry needle therapy? 
Oh, good question. So we used to do that a ton. Not we, I was a student back then, so I didn't put them in people, but our clinicals used to do a ton for athletes. And I know specifically um, my fiance, he played at Ohio state. And so he's mm -hmm. so used to getting dry needle and he loves it. Wait, did he, he play football it. there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's not taking you to a Michigan, Ohio. State. I know he actually played. So when I was there, he was playing. And I think that's the day because I wasn't there. I was on a trip for basketball. I didn't know my This freshman. isn't making it better that your fiance played <laughs> or played at Ohio State and you didn't watch him play Michigan. I know, I know, right? And he probably has the little charm things they get from beating Michigan, right? He does. He has the whole yes, okay. he has all right. it all day. So dry dry kneeling. I got I got derailed there. Oh yeah. So so it can be very beneficial. I personally, it freaks me out, like really? having needles in my body. And I actually did this probably two years ago. I was laying down and he put needles like in all of my legs and I was good for the first probably two, three minutes. And then the third minute I'm like, Oh wait, like I can't get up. If I want to get up, like I'm not getting up with all these needles in my leg. And yeah. it just really freaked me out. So I have yet to go back to do them, but they're very beneficial for people. If you don't have a Thing in your brain with them oh i i love it i i uh yeah. tore my bicep yeah and part of my physical therapy was dry needling and he hooked up like the little electric Electros? oh yes. my gosh yes. and then your, your arms just like frankenstein it's just bouncing and twitching yeah, the muscle fibers yeah it's it like actually when you look at the physiology great like your, your body needs it but i think it's just the lack of control that i have i'm like this thing is controlling my muscle it really mentally freaks me out for some reason so what about blood flow restriction actually i used to use that a good chunk that doesn't freak me out for some reason a lot I, of I, there's, yeah there's a lot of research to go along with that especially yes. post rehab really good research with it so I think strategically using it for some people, they see it on Instagram and it's like, oh, I should do BFR all the time. And it's like, ah, it's probably not as beneficial. But if you use it strategically, I mean, it can really help you grow without as much load on your body, which I think especially yeah. is really smart for some people. Lift lighter weight, only wear them for like 10, 15 minutes or so. And yeah, yeah don't put them on your neck or anything like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and actually it's fairly cheap too, different way of, of working it out. Is. Yeah, actually, I mean, there's a ton of different ones out there, a ton of different ones for it. Uh, what does, are you into like when you do lift, are you into like the bro lifting of like going in and doing shoulders on Monday, legs on Tuesday, or do you do more of like a hit type training? So I, I love lifting, like talk about running. That is the opposite for me. Like oh, if, yeah. I, if I could have my one thing trip, I would go in lift shoulders like that would be my favorite yeah um so i used to train a good chunk like that now obviously prepping up for mission 48 it's vastly different than just going in and hitting shoulders because the 50k run doesn't really care how nice your shoulders look to be honest yeah. with you so so training's a lot different than now just but for your I, media guy yeah so true yeah. <laughs> so true so yeah i but i love i love training that split i think just because that's how i got into it yeah. Um, I do a little bit of everything. Like I'm not too much crazy into the hit, but right now I'm like having to do a lot more type of CrossFit type stuff just to get body into that type of like higher intensity piece of it. So, um, it is what it is right now, but I still lift pretty heavy on certain days. What is your thoughts on abdominal workouts? Do you, are you an everyday ab person or are you a, I treat it like maybe shoulders and do it on Monday. Like what is your, some people say I just diet. That's that's my ab workout. What is your take on that? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because I think it depends on goals. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions out there is like you need to do ab workout, sit ups, planks, whatever to get a strong core. I was just actually doing like really heavy RDLs today, and some of the best core work is when you're bracing and you're doing that under load. Mm -hmm. So every time you squat, every time you RDL, every time you do a dumbbell um, overhead press, bench press, like you're using your core. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the mi most misunderstood topics for individuals. It's, Oh, well, if I need to do this, I need to do sit-ups. It's like, no, 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 no. Like if you're lifting pretty heavy, you're using your core, the entire workout, you're training your core, the entire workout. And so a lot of it is just different heavy loads like that. I'll do a lot of single arm carries for different type of core workouts. Um, I'll do some accessory core just because it's in the workouts, but it's not necessarily for aesthetics piece of it. Yep. 
So I think more than that, I mean, obviously a lot of it is nutrition. A lot of it when I was bodybuilding, heavily nutrition. Um, but I think for individuals that like want to get a strong core, they think their core is weak. A lot of it is just like, how is, what's your positioning? How are you, do you know how to brace? Do you know how to actually engage deep core, stuff like that? And when you can dig a little bit deeper, you realize like, okay, that's, you're using core for everything, basically. What about the importance of sleep? Oh, that's good. It's funny you say that um, because it's very, very important. And it is something that I used to train at 4 a.m. every day for two years. And so I would usually get up at like 2.45, 3 ish. And I mean, I would go to bed. Like I'm a grandma. I go to bed at nine o'clock. Like there's no street lights on. No you're in bed. You know, it is like I'm in bed, but it wasn't as long as it needed to be. So I, I know what's important. I know I need to prioritize it, like the length of it more. Um, but it's something that I'm very strict about, especially bedtime wise. You won't catch me up honestly past 10, but, um, doing a little bit better, better now with sleeping longer for sure. What about melatonin and things like that? What's your take on those? If you absolutely need it, like for travel change, um, there's actually a book in here. It's called sleep smarter by Sean Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend Sean Stevenson, even in general, he has a podcast called the model health show great, great podcast. He has eat smarter and sleep smarter, great books. And he talks a lot in his book. Um, a lot of people have like, they're having sleep issues. I was like, Oh, just take melatonin. But a lot of people don't realize that when you take it, it suppresses your actual like internal, um, creation of melatonin. And so you might sleep better for a period of time, but you're actually suppressing your regulation of it, you know? So I try to not use it as much as I can. Um, and, but if you absolutely need it, it's not the worst thing in the world by any means, but you want to really try to produce that internally first. Or if you're having sleep issues, like why are you having sleep issues instead of stress. just stress? Yeah, yeah. It could be what you eat stress. I, I agree. There's a book. Um, I, I wrote down sleep smarter. I'm going to look that up. Why we sleep by Matthew Walker. Yes. Great book. Very good book. And that book, made me realize that I've been undervaluing my sleep Yeah, for yeah. 30 some years. I was like, wow, I got to change some things up. And yeah, even my take on melatonin, because I was a melatonin person where I, or I would get the little, like, what are they? Goalie gummies. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I had a little bit of melatonin. I'm like, oh, I'll take a night one. And yeah. And wow, I have great sleep. But then I would get that little bit of grogginess in the morning yeah. and that, that yeah. hangover from it. Yeah. So yeah, I really had to, really had to change that up. Uh, no, this is, this is really good stuff talking about fitness, uh, and everything. And what, what are you looking to do? Like, what's going to be next for Kelsey after, uh, mission 48? Oh, good question. Nobody's asked me that yet either. Yes. Okay. Um, you're getting a lot of the first ones. Take I love that, it. Aaron. <laughs> I love it. Um, biggest thing out, I want to share the stories. So like, I, I would love to speak at schools, speak to different people, just about not only just my experiences, but like just what mission 40 is and like get the message out there. So I would love to speak, but I also really then want to put all my focus on growing the business, growing the company and just like just being a force for good basically is the big focus after mission 48. And then who knows what I'll get myself into. Honestly, yeah. who knows? You should, I think you should do a book off your 48. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. You know, like journal it. And th there was someone I had on here, John Gronsky, who's one of the best people I know in life. And he and his wife jumped on a bike and went from one coast to the other and moved. Oh, no way. On bikes. Not like Harleys, but like, you know, 10 speed huffing. Yeah. And they actually took a journal and documented like each day. And he actually built his book around that. And I don't know why, when you and I were talking the first time and you were telling me about yeah. mission 48, I was like, that'd be so cool to just do yeah. you know, yeah. a, a chapter a, a day or something and, and just document that. Cause that would be super cool to get inside the mind in terms the, cause I'm sure you're going to have some highs and lows in terms of, yeah. can I even do this anymore? I'm at 24 days and it's just, it's brutal. But uh, I think, I think a book for, and you're a book nerd. Why not? I am. I, that's been like a deep dream of mine of like writing a book and then just yeah. talking about it. So I, I can see that. I love that you planted the seed for me to journal because I just actually started journaling again and I yeah. would love to document that process outside oh, of video. Opportunity like for you. Yeah, that would be so good. 
Yeah, no, that gosh, I, I would check that out. Uh, and any sort of like documentary thing you're doing with it, which sounds like you've already got that covered. Uh, when all is said and done, like end of the day, when people mention your name, young girls, everybody out there, and they mention your name 50 years from now, what do you want them to say about you? Oh, trip! another first question. You're killing them with questions here. This is here. good. This is good. I would, I would want them to say like, she inspired me that I'm capable of more. Mm -hmm. I would think if for me, it's not about what she's did. It's not about what, what weight she lifted, what comp she did. Like, it would be like, she inspired me or showed me that I can do more and I can yeah. be more and that I can um, live the life that I never thought I could live, you know? And I think if I can do that, or if I can just like plant that seed in people, no matter age, no matter like anything, it's like. I, I always think about getting up to heaven and it's like when you see God, see Jesus for the first time and it's like, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I think if I can, if I can pave the way for that and just other people having that fire within them and like living out their potential, um, that would, that would make my entire, entire life basically. Yeah. That would be everything to me. Speaking of which, talk about the importance of faith in your journey. Oh gosh. I wouldn't be here. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my businesses. I wouldn't have pursued mission 48. Like I shared the story at the beginning. Um, I have a tattoo, my first ever tattoo that my mom freaked out about. It's called faith over fear. And um, that has been the phrase for me for the past six years since I really tried, like took a step out of my comfort zone. Because like, I, I know I, Kelsey the human cannot do all of this by myself. Like I'm not as capable. I'm not like this as qualified. There are so many reasons like why I can't, you know? And I mean, there's still some doubts. I mean, even mission 48, I'm like, how are we going to pull this off? You know, but I, I got to believe and trust that it's not me having to pull this off. It's like, cause you got to believe that like, he's, he's has this for you. Like you got to believe that there's something bigger for you, that it's not just you trying to bully through it on your own, you know? So it's, it's that faith part of it, that trust that, I mean, there's no way I'd be here if it wasn't for that. It's been huge for me, but it always hasn't been. I mean, it's when I was in high school, wasn't anything, college wasn't anything. And I remember in my fitness journey, um, like I said, there was a lot of growth internally for me. And mm -hmm. I remember at Ohio State, there was a big Barnes and Noble, like the big bookstore. And I've always been very curious about faith. My senior year, I did this whole um, book basically writing it's called the book of proof of heaven and i love that book and it was i've always been curious like what else what is there more like is this actually true or is this just people talking about stuff yeah so i've been always very curious um and then my like i said my senior year i walked to the bookstore and i walked up the escalator and i went to the big bible section and i at the time i needed something i just i needed something greater than me I had no idea even what Bible to pick, but there was a purple one and I like pulled it from the shelf. And in that time frame, which is why I think it was such an impact for me, is every single morning I remember doing this. I even Googled, like, where do you start in the Bible? I had no I had no clue. Yeah. And it took me to one of the testaments and I literally read just the first paragraph. And I would put the Bible, like Bible verse up top, and then I would just write a prayer. And I didn't even know how to pray at that time. I had no clue even what you did. And I said, dear God, like, if you're out there, please show me like, I need you. And I like, that's all that I need to do. Yeah. And I said, amen. And I did that every single day. And I just kept doing that one after another, after another. And I had a notebook or note, or, ooh, note cards, like everywhere. And in that time frame, I think it was, that's what really gave me the courage to um, like start pursuing things. Cause it was he came, he's always been in my life, but like, I think I started actually like pursuing it at that time frame. So faith has been the reason for everything for me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And even, uh, yeah, I've always been intrigued by religion and faith. And I remember one of the coolest things I've done since I've been in the military was when I first started the basic training and every Sunday we could go to different services and I'd always yeah. grown up Presbyterian. So I was like, Oh, I can go to a Catholic service. I can go to a Buddhist service. Yeah. And just to, the study of different religions is always just, it's it's right up there with like mindfulness and, you yeah. know, our emotions and all this other stuff. And 
that I've just been fascinated more and more with the older I get, especially. Yeah. Um, for our listeners out there, if they want to find out more information about you, where all can you point them to? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on social on Instagram. It's at Kelsey Lensman. I can give you the links. And then for everything, Mission 48, all of that, KelseyLensman.com. Keep it super simple. You'll see a Mission 48 tab and you'll click that and it's right there. Very good looking media kit too. I appreciate I, I appreciate that because graphic design is not my forte for anybody that knows me. They know it's correct. So I appreciate you sharing that because that is a long time coming that I put that thing. Yeah, together. no, it flows very well. It's very good. I, I and look, doing this whenever I start talking to people and I'm like, hey, you know, um, send me whatever you got, like a or sometimes they'll be like, hey, I'm gonna send you a bio or something yeah. or other. To have that, I was like, oh wow, this is great like this is i appreciate that yeah really really good stuff and what final comments do you have for our listeners out there especially those who probably have some sort of self-doubt whether it's something they've got coming up this week whether it's working out final comments you got i would say from the self-doubt it's normal (laughs) to be honest with you like doubts are normal um Every human has them. I know that I have them all the time. And I think one of the biggest things that I learned, Trip, in the whole journey is I call it like my little voice. Like it's the little voice in the back of my brain that's like, even Kels, how are you going to do this? Like, who do you think you are to actually be able to pull off this Mission 48 thing? Like sponsor 10,000 girls? Like, how are you going to get that financial? Like how all these things, right? And it's that little voice of doubt that for me, I listened to, I thought that was, I thought that was my only voice that I had, you know? And when I finally realized like I could talk back to it, even, even a weight, how are you going to hit that RDL for X amount of pounds? Like for those that are listening, how are you, you really think you can go into gym? You don't even know what you're doing. Like all of those little, little voices of doubt. It's like when you realize that you can talk back to them, like you can listen to them, but that you don't have to actually listen to them that's when you start to take control again. And that's when you start to take control of your life, like put yourself in the driver's seat. And so I would say to those that are listening, like one, it's normal. Like you're not alone in a boat by yourself. Like everybody has them. I have them. Um, And I think number two, like when you really just start taking action, those voices get smaller. They don't go away, but they get smaller. And then you actually start taking control and you're able to talk back to it a little bit. So that's that's what I would share because that was a huge thing in my journey. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time to do this. This was super cool. And I'm definitely going to be following what all you do for Mission 48 and so on and so forth. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, Trip, I appreciate it. Like I shared with you offline, I just appreciate like what you're doing here. The message that you're putting out, like talking about things that a lot of people don't want to talk about outwardly, but we're all going through in our brain, you know, just through the stories yeah. that we have. So thank you for doing what you're doing. I know you're doing God's work and I'm just excited to be a part of it. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you folks. If you like what we're doing here with the shadows podcast, and hopefully you do, you're listening to us, uh, head over to Spotify, Apple podcasts with the shadows podcast.com. If you actually go to the shadows podcast.com, we make it really easy for you. You can click on the leave a review tab. You can go on there. You can leave a review. Uh, what you think of the podcast tell us a lot of people have gone on there and left what their favorite episode was we really appreciate that like which one stuck out to you the most and why and also continue to spread the word of what we're doing here on the shadows podcast trying to help people get physically spiritually socially and emotionally better each and every week on episodes but for now we will see you next week with another incredible episode of here we go this is for you the shadows podcast I love it. Thanks, everybody.